What if today was the day that you dared yourself to do what you've always wanted? Welcome to the I Dare You podcast. I'm your host, Jen Gottlieb. And together, we're going to step outside of our comfort zones and into our best lives one dare at a time. So come on, I dare you to dive right on in. Hi, everybody. So I wanted to discuss what's starting to happen with the holidays approaching. It's it's kind of a big deal. Like the holidays are coming and, and everybody's mindset starts to shift a little bit that yes, it's a very exciting time, but it can also become a stressful time. It can become an overwhelming time. It can become a time where people get a little freaked out because they know that they're going to be around maybe some family members that they haven't seen in a long time. Maybe they're going to have to be in uncomfortable situations with uncomfortable conversations, more so during the holidays than any other time. So I I really want to bring some light to this conversation because I don't want anybody here to feel alone with yourself. If you're sitting here thinking like, oh my gosh, I kind of sort of dread the holidays a little bit. That's okay. You can love the holidays and dread them at the same time. I have been there in my life and there are some parts of the holiday season that I freaking live for and I love. And there are some parts of the holiday season that I just don't love. And it can be, and I think we've been, well, we've we've been playing with this word and a lot over the past couple of weeks. And I've been really leaning in um, on the word and a lot in my life recently, instead of being so strict on it has to be this or that. What if we just played a little bit more in the land of and it can be and because we're humans and we've got lots of emotions and lots of feelings and lots of thoughts and and lots of experiences. And, and what if it was more of an and situation and being more equipped to deal with whatever comes our way instead of just being so strict on one thing or the other and having one opinion or the other and giving us permission to maybe play in, in, in the gray a little bit more. And so for me, so many parts of the holidays I love, quite a few parts of the holidays I don't love. And here's a few things that I just want us to start thinking about as the holiday season starts to approach is the all of the expectations and all the expectations to have the perfect holiday. And this is what I really, really, really don't like about, um, about like, oh my gosh, all the noise that starts to happen with like the way that our everybody's holiday should look like, whether that's on the internet or with the media or movies or television. What I started to feel like when I, I remember when I was single and I was by myself a lot and I lived in my studio apartment uh, in New York by myself. And I didn't have a huge, massive holiday to go to. I didn't have really, uh, like, and, and I'm, I'm Jewish. And so we celebrate Hanukkah. We don't celebrate Christmas with my family. So when Christmas would come around, I really wouldn't be doing anything. I'd be by myself. I'd be with my dog. And I wouldn't have this grand, grandiose Christmas with, you know, all the things that I would see on social media. And sometimes I would get a little bit depressed because I would be scrolling and I would be fine with my situation and, and, and totally okay when I wasn't looking at anything. But then I would start to scroll and I would see everybody else's holiday uh, online and I would start to feel like, oh my gosh, is my holiday supposed to look like this? And if I don't have access to all these things or this isn't what my situation looks like right now, am I supposed to feel a little bit less than? And without even really thinking consciously about it, I would start to get really depressed around the holiday season if my holiday didn't look like the perfect holiday that I was seeing online. And then the other thing that starts to happen is maybe it's Thanksgiving, maybe it's Christmas, maybe it's Hanukkah, maybe it's Kwanzaa, maybe it's whatever holiday you celebrate, or maybe it's just the fact that lots of families in town 
it can get stressful when you haven't seen some, seen some family members in a long time and you're all put into a, uh, into a room and you're supposed to have dinner together and you're supposed to uh, get along and everybody's supposed to have the same outlook on life and everybody, it, it can be unbelievably stressful for a lot of people and not enough people are having the conversation of how do you go in to the holiday season, navigating all of the emotions that come with the expectation of having the perfect holidays. What if we just gave ourselves permission to allow ourselves to have whatever kind of a holiday we want to have and whatever that looks like for us, whatever that looks like for you. And uh, I, I really want you all to scroll with caution as we lead up to the holidays. There's another thing that happens. Uh, I've noticed this. I noticed this last year a lot, scrolling and looking at all the abundance of like un- like gifts here and there and so many gifts and spending so much money and so much consumption. And if you don't have it like that, and it's just not that time for you to consume like that, you start to feel like why, you know, like, oh, you can start to feel badly. It, it really is the same exact concept that happens day to day with scrolling the highlight reel and seeing everybody else's like finished product or the thing that they want the world to see. And then we subconsciously compare ourselves or our life or whatever it is we're doing to that person. Whereas if we didn't have that highlight reel to scroll and compare and see and look at, maybe we would have just loved our situation and it would have been fine. But then we start comparing and we start to all of a sudden feel like, oh, maybe my situation isn't that great. And um, I think it's a conversation that we should start to look at as we move into the the holiday that like whatever you're doing for your holiday, whatever it is that that looks like for you, uh, whether that is uh, just you and and yourself and your dog, like this used to be me, my holiday used to be me, myself, my dog. This holiday, um, my husband and I are moving to a new state. So I don't even know what we're going to do. It might just be me and him for Thanksgiving. I think we're just going to go out to dinner. We're not going to do anything, you know, huge and spectacular. And that's okay. We might even just stay home, order in and, and like watch a movie or something like that. And that's okay too. I think that it's really important to start talking about how to lower that expectation for yourself and allow yourself to have whatever kind of holiday you decide that works for you. We don't need to have this extravagant, if, if it is an extravagant Christmas for you and you always do that every year, or extravagant Hanukkah or extravagant Thanksgiving and your family does that all the time and that's what you guys do and it's amazing and you social media it up and you do all the things and it's fabulous and beautiful, that's amazing. But not everybody does that. And if you are someone that doesn't do that, then that's okay too. How do you handle rejection? Oh man. All right. Let's talk about rejection. Definitely can relate to people that are getting rejected a lot because I get rejected on the daily basis because I'm always putting myself out there every single day. I'm putting myself out there in some way, shape or form, whether that is I'm putting content out on the internet and people aren't liking it or they're not watching it. That's a rejection. Or I'm putting my name in the hat to get chosen to speak on a stage and I just didn't get it booked. Or I am offering our services, our mastermind, our products, or whatever it is, or I'm putting out an idea into the world with my team and I'm saying I have this great idea and I get rejected from my idea. Or I'm telling my husband that I really want to go out to the specific restaurant, he doesn't want to go and I get rejected. Rejection comes in all shapes and forms. And if you are a human being on this planet, you will experience rejection. In Be Seen, I actually have a step-by-step system of how I deal with rejection. It's in there. Um, and, and I really talk about like how to make know your new bestie. And it really is for me, it's about creating a new relationship with rejection. It's about creating a new perspective around rejection. So instead of getting so upset every time I get rejected, I ask myself, what do I want my relationship with this rejection to be? Do I want to like lean into the fact that rejection is just inevitable? And what what would happen if instead of bringing me down, rejection actually just fueled me and it superpowered me and it supercharged me to go find the yes somewhere else. Because what I've noticed after being rejected so much, because I used to be an actress and my entire 
career was basically a giant rejection. I would just go to auditions and get told no every single day again and again and again and again and again. So I have a lot of practice with it. The way that I move through it now, but the major way that I move through it is I I look back to every time that I've been rejected in my life, or not every time, or some of the major times that I can remember. And I ask myself, how did this no eventually turn into a yes? Because usually if you get rejected from something, it's it's really just opening up space for something else cooler to happen later on. It doesn't always happen immediately. Like when you get that no, it sucks and it stings and it doesn't feel good. But usually a no will actually always, uh, whenever something doesn't happen, it gives you more space for something to happen. So let's say I get rejected from speaking on a stage, which has happened to me so many times. <laughs> So many times, you, you know, no, we're not going to have you this time. We're going to pass, right? Or even for my book launch where I got rejected from every single national TV show for my book. Like I, we pitched the Today Show, we pitched Good Morning America. They all said no. So I got rejected. But I would look back at all of the other times from my life where whether it was like speaking on a big stage or getting a, something on TV or getting some kind of media hit. And when I heard no, how that actually turned into a yes in the future. Because if it's a no, it is not for you at that moment. It means that there's something else better that is on its way to you. And I truly believe that. And every time I'm able to hear no, and I'm able to actually hear that no, feel the shittiness that that no gave me in the emotions of that no, and like sit in the pain or the uh, resistance of that no, or that discomfort of that no, and I make it to the other side. And then I figure out what that what that no can do for me in order to move me forward into a different direction to turn it into a yes, I've become a more equipped person to deal with rejection next time. And so I'm using all of these different tools to be able to move through that no. And one of the tools that I use is um, I have my rejection album in my phone. So every time I get a rejection or maybe it's a bad review or a negative comment, or it's like an email of somebody telling me that they don't want me to do something, I screenshot it and I put it into my rejection album in my phone, in my photo album. Uh, And I, the act of doing that for some crazy reason just makes it more like gamified. Like, okay, you want to say no to me now? I'm going to put this in my folder right now, right here. I'm going to screenshot it. I'm going to remember this. And I'm going to look back to it later when I know for sure this no that you gave me, you're going to be wanting, you're going to ask me to do something later on in the future. And I just tell myself that as I put it in there and I gamify it and I make it more like, okay, here's another no. Guess what? This is just equipping me. This is another point that I'm going to use to supercharge my action in, in a different direction so that I can get the yes. It almost it empowers me, but I, I could choose two different paths. I could choose to be pissed off and upset about it and let it make me believe that I'm not good enough and to stop trying and to stop taking action or I could take that no and I could use it as fuel, as energy to move me into the direction of finding a yes. And I love to remember it and I love to put it in my album so that I can look back at it. And now I open up that album and I look at past rejections, many of them that turned into a yes into some other way, shape or form, where if I would have gotten a yes for that thing, I wouldn't have gotten a yes to something so much better later that I didn't even know existed yet. So a lot of people say rejection is just redirection. There's a lot of different like cute little terms that you can use, but it's really like asking yourself, what do I want my relationship with rejection to be? Do I want my relationship with rejection to be like, I fucking hate rejection and it always screws me up and it always sets me back and it always upsets me for a full on week and then it always makes me frozen and stuck? Or do we want to have a relationship with rejection where it's like, I freaking love rejection. Tell me no every damn day. The more that you tell me no, the more that it empowers me to move forward and try again. 
Tell me now, please tell me now. And I get like that every time. And Chris can tell you, my husband, like every time I get a no, I'm like, I got another fucking no. Let's go. Let's go. I got another no. That means that I'm putting myself out there. It means that I'm trying hard enough to get the yes. I have to get the no if I'm trying hard enough to get the yes. And if I got the no, yes, amazing. Fuel me. Give me more rocket fuel. Give me more rocket fuel because if you say no to me, I'm just going to try even harder to get that yes. And, and I really do look at my rejections as badges of honor or badges of trying, I guess you could say, badges of, uh, of effort because it means that I, that I put myself out there enough to get the no. It means that I'm putting myself out there. It, it means that I'm being seen. It means that I'm daring to do the hard thing. Guess what? Rejection is not going to kill me. Getting the no is not going to kill me. It's not. I'm going to end up in my bed tonight and at least I know that I tried. At least if I got a no, it means that I, I definitely took action. And as long as you're taking action, you're moving in some direction. You are. But if you're not taking action and you're not getting enough no's, it means you're not moving in any direction. It means you're at a standstill. And I'd rather be getting no's and moving than be at a standstill and, and getting no yeses, no no's, no nothing. And really, it, you can get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of no's. And I've just experienced this from my life. But all you really need is one yes for something cool to happen. All the no's in the world won't really bring you down. But one yes. One yes could change your whole life. You just need one, just one big yes that could kickstart your momentum into the direction that you want to be in. And so that it's like the, the numbers are in your favor when it comes to putting yourself out there and going for the yes. You'll probably get a lot of no's. But again, what do you want your perspective to be with them? Ask yourself what you want your relationship with that no to be. If you want that no to bring you down and piss you off, or if you want that no to fuel you and move you forward, like superpower, like supercharged, like a rocket ship. Again, it's like rocket fuel for me. I freaking love rejection. Bring it on. Reject me all day, every day. Um, here's another strategy that I actually use when it comes to like getting negative reviews. Uh, I didn't know, like when you write a book, some people aren't going to like it. Or when you do a talk, some people aren't going to like it. Or when you post a piece of content, sometimes people aren't going to like it. The more seen you are, the more you risk having people not like you and not like your stuff. And that is, that is just what the world is, that there is no way around that uh, at all. There's not everybody's going to understand you. Not everybody's going to like you. It doesn't matter how great you are, how great your product is, how great your service is. You, if you are being seen on a big stage, on a big level, there will be people that don't understand that don't like it. It's just part of it. You can either let that bring you down and upset you and, and keep you hiding because you're afraid of like the negative comments or the negative feedback, or you can just keep going and understand that that's part of the game. And so I got one bad review for my book. One, there's one, it's one, one star review. And it says, um, boring and poorly written. That's the only line that it says. That's it. So it clearly wasn't somebody that actually had a real feedback about the book because they could only, they only said one line. I would totally understand if they like, didn't like certain parts of it. And they went into detail about what they didn't like. They just said boring and poorly written. I doubt they actually read it because that's all they said. And then, so what I did when I read that, I was like, oh, that stings. That sucks. Cause that's like a one-star review that brings my whole thing down. And I immediately took it a little bit personally. I was like, oh, that's such a bummer. Like then I did something. I looked up some of my favorite books of all time on Amazon. Some of my favorite books, the most life-changing, world-changing books in the world that I've been reading that I like forever, like the best of the best of the best books. And I was like, I want to see if these books got any one-star reviews. And if you go look at some of like the best-selling books of all time, they all have tons of one-star reviews. 
tons of people that didn't get it, that didn't like it, that didn't enjoy it. It's part of the game. And when I did that, and I looked at books that I've been reading forever, that I've read hundreds of times, that I'm obsessed with, that are the best-selling books, New York Times bestsellers. And I saw that they all got one-star reviews too, like lots of them and people that didn't understand the book and didn't like the book. I was like, oh, this is just part of it, part of being seen. This is part of having a book. And this is part of putting yourself out there. Not everybody's going to like even the greatest things in the world. And that actually really helped me. That was a really great strategy for me that I learned during that moment where I got a big no, a big rejection. And then I looked at the other reviews that that person wrote on other things on Amazon. They were all the same. It was like like one line. They basically just went around to different products and books and just like gave a one line negative comment. This sucked. Boring. Didn't like it. And I'm like, okay, I don't think we can really take this person's feedback to heart. Going and looking at some of the books that have done the best ever in the world and understanding and knowing that they all got some negative reviews too, that's just the way that it goes, really actually helped me. Let's talk about letting go of relationships. And the reason that I know that this is a good topic is because I was talking to my grandma who's not in her 90s last night and she just started skimming Be Seen, the book. And she said, I was skimming it. And one of the parts that really resonated with me already was the part where I talk about that some people come into your life for a season or a reason. It's really, really important to weed your garden of your friends. And it's okay. It is beyond okay to understand that maybe somebody was in your life for a season and you're evolving into a new season of your life. And maybe that person no longer fits into the next season of your life. And that's okay. Because my grandma was telling me that she had this friend for 70 years. This woman that has her, been her friend since elementary school for 70 years suddenly just started being really nasty to her and acting very jealous and acting very catty and not very nice and not very supportive. And my grandma was like, you know, I've known this woman forever. Like, I can't not be her friend anymore. And I was like, that's like sunk cost fallacy, which I talk about in Be Seen, where it's like, Let's say you have a car that you've put years and years and years and years and years into of money and work into it, trying to like keep it alive. And, and it's just, that car is just not working anymore. You need to get rid of the car, but because you put so much money and time and energy into that car, you don't want to get rid of it, even though you shouldn't have that car anymore. That car needs to go to the dump, um, or it needs to be whatever to completely redone or gotten rid of. I don't know. I don't drive, but because you put all of that time and money and energy into it, you don't want to, and you hold on to it for longer than you should. I find that people do that with relationships. I've done it so many times that I've been with somewhat friends with somebody for such a long time. And even though our friendship is just, we both know we're both going in different directions and it's just not clicking anymore. And we're both heading somewhere else. And it's just not the same that it used to be because we're growing and we're evolving and we're growing and evolving in different directions. And we both know that it's not working, but we're both trying to keep the relationship going because we put so much time and energy into it. Sometimes, not all the time, But sometimes it is unbelievably important to let go of those friendships so that you can open space for new ones. Because if you're holding on to a friendship or a relationship that no longer serves where you're going in your life, I would bet you that it no longer serves where that person, the other person in the relationship is going in their life either. If you're both not feeling it, I would bet that it's time to move on. And when you do let go of that friendship and when you do move on or you do just stop allowing yourself to stop texting that person or allow yourself to stop answering to the text messages, you're going to open up space for your, to maybe meet somebody else, somebody new that becomes your new best friend for the next chapter of your life. And maybe forever. I don't know. Like, 
So your question is, you have a close friend in high school, but we're not close anymore because we graduated. Okay. So you're on different paths now. I texted her, but she did not text back. What should I do? I understand that. So I will never, like, I'm not a mental health expert. I'm not a relationship expert, but I'm a girl that has experienced a lot of this stuff. So I'll just tell you from my personal experience, this has happened to me so many times. Sometimes it's just like, we need to understand that, okay, maybe that was the end of this friendship and maybe not. Maybe that's the end of this friendship for now. We'll both go explore our lives and we'll grow and we'll thrive and we'll go in a different direction and we'll open up space for new relationships and new experiences to come into our life. And then maybe one day we'll reconnect. That's happened. Uh, But listen, sometimes we just can't fit a square peg into a round hole anymore. And sometimes, and most of the time, because we're humans and we're ever evolving and we're changing and we're growing. Hannah, if you are here right now and you listen to this Instagram live, I would bet that you're, you're somebody that is wanting to improve a lot. That's why, uh, probably why you're here because you want to connect with people that are maybe more of a similar mindset to you. Maybe you're more into personal growth or personal development. And, and it's once you get into that space, you start to grow rapidly and you start to grow really quickly. And sometimes the people in your life that aren't into that aren't growing that fast. And that's okay. And you don't need to force anybody to do anything and you can't force anybody to do anything. But in order for you to continue to grow, sometimes we need to let go of old relationships and we need to be okay with that. And it, and what I've found that I, I, I've never actually broken up with a friend. I've never had that conversation where we had to just end our friendship and break up. For me, all of my friendships that ended, they just naturally ended, just like the one that you're talking about right now. And it never felt good in the beginning. It never feels good. Rejection never feels good. Not getting texted back never feels good. But what's, what do you want your relationship with, with evolution to be? Because maybe you're both evolving. Maybe you're both growing into a different direction of your life and it's just time. And what if you just decided, okay, you know what? This girl's not texting me back. This guy's not texting me back. It's probably because they're moving in a different direction too. And what if we looked at it as a great gift to go move forward in our next chapter of our life and open space for more beautiful, amazing relationships to come in that are more in alignment with where we're going instead of where we've been. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the I Dare You podcast. I'm so grateful you chose to spend this time with me, but I'm even more grateful for your future self that you are building one dare at a time. So my first dare for you is to subscribe to the show and then share it with a friend who you think needs to step a little bit more outside their comfort zone and into their best lives. They'll thank you for it. I'll see you next time on the I Dare You podcast.